The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. You are now listening to Musings Behind the Creative. What's your passion? Hi, and welcome to another episode of Musings Behind the Creative. I am your host, Renata Dixon-Nawosu, and I have a guest on today's show who, if I just hand over to you, can you introduce yourself and give us a bit about who you are, what you do, and what your location is? Yes, my name is Jimmy Lee Wilson Jr. I'm the second. Uh, actually, I'm a pastor, and I'm also a real estate broker. Uh, I do a number of things. The, the pastor's hat is pretty broad. Um, pretty much everything that I do uh, is ministry, whether it's real estate, uh, the nonprofit that we have, uh, worldwide ministry as far as uh, serving community, in whatever part of the world the Lord will have me. Um, it's pretty much what I do. I follow his voice. and uh, But I'm based out of uh, South Mississippi, um, Pascagoula, Mississippi, more specifically. We're on the Gulf Coast. And for people that may not know where that's located, uh, if any of you all heard about Hurricane Katrina back in 2005, uh, this was one of the areas that was devastated by that storm. So if you look it up on the map, you'll see that it's right there along the Gulf Coast, right there by the water. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we met on our paths, I guess, <laughs> our own individual paths. Yeah. And I thought it was actually really poignant to actually get you on the show because my trajectory, or should I say, what I've always had in mind is, you know, what is it? What does it mean to be a creative? And sometimes on this journey spirituality is not necessarily something that tends to come into play but you know um like i've said in the past when i you know went into my thesis and looked at my own background and my culture and realized that you know there was an as- aspect of spirituality in that mm-hmm. and i just started thinking to myself without it being um a place where you know it feels like people think that they're going to get bible bashed or you know maybe taking on board something that they don't how do we collaborate to deliver a message that actually um is helpful to everybody without getting everybody's backs up so all right (laughs) (laughs) okay you're in mississippi (laughs) i am uh, and which is interesting we because in... it's it's on the Bible belt. You were talking about Bible bashing, so this if there was a Bible <laughs> bashing to be had, this would be the state that it would come from more than likely. So. <laughs> okay, I have no clue what the Bible belt means, and I'm sure there may be some people who may also not know. So okay. what is okay. the Bible belt? Alright, so uh the US is sectioned off uh into different what we call uh, belts or areas and mm-hmm. uh, the southern how can I say the southeastern more so hemisphere is considered the bible belt because uh, we're known for being very religious in the aspect of church uh, mm-hmm. you'll find a great deal of churches here uh, along the bible belt uh, many of the laws that we have here are based 
on religion. Uh, this would be the area, just to kind of give you an example, that would be very strict uh, on approving of LGBT laws or um, abortion. We're very strict on things like that in this area because uh, most of the people that are voted into office, of course, they represent the people. And so if the people are more so religious and they want to put someone in office that's going to be strict on certain things that uh, people believe are sinful, uh, whether it be biblical or not. It's just what's been oppressed upon people, uh, what truth is. And so uh, the Bible Belt is pretty much run by the church, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So then that then takes me to where were you born and if you have a migration story, what would have been, what would your migration story I be? I do not have a migration story. Oddly enough, though, I will tell you this. Okay, so I was born in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Um, mm -hmm. And I live actually in Moss Point, Mississippi. Now, uh, if you were ever to visit, you would say... Oh my gosh, so you and like Charlemagne the God... What? Both come from Moss Point. No, Charlemagne isn't from Moss Point, is he? No, I don't think he is. I is swear. I listened to Breakfast Point Club and I read his two of his books. I'm sure it's Moss Point, Mississippi, because is that where the Gullah community is? No, Am I pronouncing that I right? I don't think so. Okay, I'll tell you someone who's currently famous that uh, did go to school here at Moss Point. Uh, if you watch basketball at all, anybody that's listening, uh, Devin Booker, who plays for the Phoenix Suns, He's, completely went over my head. Yeah, it's okay. In fact, it hit my chin. It's, it's okay. fine. It hit my chin. <laughs> he's, he's from here. He's a rising star in basketball. It's phenomenal. In fact, you know Drake. Okay, so he and Drake are really good friends. And the city went into like this crazy hype, wonderful uproar because uh, Drake, in one of his concerts, wore a Moss Point High School basketball jersey. It was Devin Booker's jersey uh, at one of his concerts. So. Yeah, we were semi-famous for two seconds there, so... <laughs> oh, sorry, babe. It's okay, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so I, 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 they're actually twin. If you were ever to visit, they're like twin cities. You can't tell when you're in one and out of the other. They sit on top of one another. Moss Point is just a little north of Pascagoula. Um, everybody in the area uh, is kind of related and uh, people are close. It's just a, a small area here. Um, but we have really big industry. Uh, there's a shipyard here where they build military ships. And then there's uh, an oil refinery. Chevron is here and other uh, oil refineries are here. And so, uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those blue collar type areas. Uh, that's where I'm from. I, I was born here. I was raised here. Uh, I went to college in Mississippi, but not in this area. But I've been in Mississippi pretty much the majority of my life. But something interesting happened to me. Um, I believe it was all God. Uh, definitely the way that my parents raised me had a major impact, of course. But I've never taken on the what some people call the small town mindset or the Mississippi mentality. Um, okay. I've always been... Which is? Uh, being closed-minded, not being necessarily uh, broad with your thoughts. Uh, I don't mind 
uh, exploring other cultures. I love to travel. And when I say travel, I don't mean to the same places that most people uh, in Southern areas <laughs> like to go to. Everybody goes to Atlanta. And if you're really fancy, you go to Miami. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> I understood that the world is much bigger than that. And, uh, so I, I enjoy going places and meeting different people. And uh, I don't really care for, I guess you could say, uh, just being stuck in one belief or one way of seeing things, right? Because uh, time is much bigger than that. The world is much broader than how you grew up and how you were taught. Uh, so I'm forever learning. But uh, my migration story isn't necessarily in geographics, but in mm-hmm. thought. So okay. um, let's I, talk I about that then. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Ask away. What are you interested in? Tell me. Tell me. I can answer anything. <laughs> I'm guessing so. Mental migration yeah. stories. Okay. What does that look like for you? And does it does does it underpin or have your childhood interests laced into that? Yeah, or I say know... that because. Go ahead. Yeah, I say that because you know when I'm. I'm consistently reflective on my own personal practice, mm-hmm. um, why I like the things I like, or and then trying to look at my childhood and trying to see were there any indicators that I actually did like this thing, or that I could have been good about it. And I'm just stitching or putting those bits together, kind of self assimilation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, since you brought up childhood, uh, my childhood was interesting. Uh, I went to a Christian private school from a mm-hmm. child uh, up. Um, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was not fun at all. Uh, it, it wasn't, I would say, the best experience um, but I was an active learner and mm-hmm. of course they didn't have any understanding of that uh, long story short they brought my mother into the office one day and they told my mother this might have been uh, second grade possibly third grade and they t- I think it was third grade and they told my mom they said we believe that your son is special ed uh, <laughs> special education <laughs> And my mother was, for you know, lack of a better word, she was like oh, shocked like, and probably oh, offended. Heck no, like not my kid, <laughs> right? So um, she didn't feel comfortable sending me to public school. She didn't trust the public school system, rightfully so, uh, mm-hmm. in this area. Well, at least back then. And so she decided to homeschool. She put her education on on pause. Uh, she was going to get her college education. She put it on pause to homeschool me. Uh, through fourth, uh, fifth, sixth grade, I think maybe even seventh grade too. And um, during that time, I discovered that I was gifted. Um, There would be times where, and this is where a lot of uh, my biblical rearing came from, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't so much in our time of Bible study every morning before I did my, you know, academics. Uh, it wasn't so much that she would take a scripture or 
have me read the scripture and teach me, well, this is what this means and this is what that means. I would mm-hmm. sit and I would read and she would ask me, what do you believe this means? What is Which this is very different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I was raised, um, there may be some or some that do and don't understand this term. I was raised more in a prophetic manner. Um, right. Where I just had the opportunity to grow the way that I was supposed to grow, as opposed mm. to being uh, having my mind and my soul shaped. Uh, mm-hmm. She allowed my spirit to do what it was designed to do, and I was grown and I, I grew and I was shaped by the direction that God wanted me to, because He had already placed it in my spirit to do so. Uh, and so, when in reading the text, it was kind of like. Uh, my creative side began to blossom and mm-hmm. I began to understand that I wasn't so much of a sit down at a desk and learn type of guy uh, because I had my own type of insight and I had uh, a brilliance within me that mm-hmm. had not been uncovered. Nobody could see it because they were pointing at things and trying to tell me this is the way that it was and I wanted to explore and see what was what. So I wasn't so much of a great math guy or a science guy but when it came to words when it came to concepts understanding things uh Mm. exploring uh truths mysteries uh even from a child i was gifted in that area so that was where i began to blossom um i thought you might have had a question and so i heard you gasp (laughs) no like because i'm thinking i'm as you're saying this i'm visually like I'm visually rendering that space like I'm on 3DS Max and just trying to put myself as an observer in that space of what you're telling me. And it's also making me think, you know, it's interesting that your mum had the insight or the attunement to be able to listen to that internal knowing because there's a lot of parents that they'll go to the school and they'll be told your kid is like this. Right. And then they will turn around and say, yes, my kid is absolutely like this. Let's right. take them to this space. And then, right. you know, that's a level, that's a generational level of conditioning whereby you're oh not necessarily questioning that. Like, you're just like, okay. And just like that, you just insert your child into See, something you're about that to it's like... me down a rabbit hole of... <laughs> I'm about to really get on my soapbox right now about this because <laughs> I have, okay, so I, I started a charity. I started a nonprofit organization dealing with uh, young men and, well, young men and women, but our more, we're, we more so draw young men for whatever reason is what happens. And uh, I don't know how it is there uh, in the UK, but here uh, in the US, we have a, what's called the uh, school to prison pipeline. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, of course, not an actual pipeline, but it's, you know, a figure. It might as well be. Right. It might as well be. It's horrendous. <laughs> and they start tracking our children uh, from, I believe it's about third grade uh, all the way out. And they start seeing from about when they're in about third grade uh, mm. how many prisons they're going to need, how big they need to build them. Uh, because they're already counting on our children from about third grade. I can't even say I'm surprised. Those cells, right? 
And like so I this, feel like there'd be gasps in the room, but I'm just like, I'm... it's 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 the same. But at this point, with us being as woke as we are now, it's believable, right? Mm. Because we've seen so many horrendous things. Um, so one of the ways that they do that is they look for uh, young black men who are number one on the list, or now number one on the list, those that are special education. They're the right. first okay. uh, And so a lot of mothers don't understand because watch this, the way that the U.S. runs things is if you have a child, okay, that is special education, uh, you're a single mom saying you have uh, maybe your son, uh, they come to you and they say, hey, your child is special ed, uh, we need to test him to ensure that, you know, what we suspect is true. The mm. mothers will go, okay, test him, you know, be sure, whatever. And when they test them, they say special ed, then the mom starts receiving uh, assistance, money. Oh, man. Here's the trick. Here's the trick. So now that you've put this out here, the government is slick. Now that you put this out here, this this interview is going a whole nother direction, but uh, you need to know. (laughs) You need to hear this because they need to understand what's happening here. Um, Yeah. Because we're, uh, we're, we're dulling the spiritual senses of our children because we were all created all right, With to our think, gifts. Yeah. to reason, okay, to be able to be who it is that we were designed to be. None of us mm. were just put here haphazardly. None mm-hmm. of us were here put here aimlessly. We all have the ability to think and reason uh, to some point. I don't care if you suffer from what people call mental retardation. There is a soul in that body, and it has the ability to think, to reason, to love on some level. Okay, mm-hmm. and so. What they're, what they're doing is now the moms are wanting their children, okay, to get that special ed classification, some of them. And so they're telling their children, hey, we're going to get you tested for this. Man. But they don't even realize that when they do that and then they put their children in these special ed classes, that uh, they're marking their children for failure. They're yeah. marking their children for the prison system okay and so it, it's 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 becoming uh an epidemic i hate to say that word but uh it's it's happening hopefully people will start waking up soon and realize hey you know send your kid to tutoring don't let them put your kid in special ed say hey what do i need to do to get my kid caught up uh what's happening okay i worked in the school system for uh, a brief time like a year i worked in the public school system in high school okay mm-hmm. so we're talking about uh 16 17 year olds they're seniors in high school they're in the 12th grade they're getting ready to graduate and go about their to go to university or they go to the workforce okay we had 16 mm-hmm. and 17 year olds hear this that could not read uh-huh. each and every single one were black males every single one i know that in my time band that year i encountered at least five that couldn't read okay and the majority of them they would struggle with it they were a lot of them were reading on maybe a third grade level and and they were 12th graders uh but there were those that just they if you picked up if they picked up a book and you asked them to read out loud they would become frustrated with the clown in class Mm. everything to avoid the embarrassment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knowing that they can't read but this is the condition of our public school system on the uh economic level of this area 
that I'm I'm living in. Okay, so you have a lot of working class people, but you have a lot of poor people, impoverished people of color. Uh, mm. And so that's what happens here. So you know, if you don't have people, uh, and I'm not bragging or boasting, but if you don't have people like myself, right, who had the opportunity once I graduated from the university, I had plans, I had ideas, I graduated uh, with a degree in business marketing, I had plans to go, you know, what country people call big city living okay mm. I, I was not here man i was gonna go be successful be some big mogul somewhere you know wear the armani suits and the rolex thing you know uh i'm gonna find my on, way you know? the streets are paved with gold what? i knew that i would i had the ability to do it okay because i understood because the way that i was i was reared i knew my level of, of brilliance and understanding and i knew what i could accomplish mm. But mm-hmm. uh, through uh, through a, a lot of situations that happened, I knew that the Lord wanted me to come back here and make a difference here. So if you don't have people that are leaders, right? And some people say, well, leaders mm-hmm. are born. Some people say leaders are made. Whatever it is, if you have a person that has the ability to lead, okay, and they're not taking their gifts and their abilities and placing them where they're truly useful because corporate America mm-hmm. is fine. That's great and everything, but where are you pouring back into, you know? And mm. so you have these young mm-hmm. people, whether it be young men or young women, they need leadership. They need people that know because a lot of their parents may not have had it. And so the ignorance is perpetuated from one generation to the next. So they need, you know, leaders, whether it be religious leaders or uh leaders in the classroom you know teachers I, I respect them so much i admire them because they have a tough job but you need people that will tell you who you are will encourage you to be the best that you can be you know you need people mm. that will hold your hand sometimes and guide you until you can get your footing and walk on your own mm. and so this is you know what god called me to do um through pastoring you know and i, I ended up doing this i never in a million years uh, Renata thought that I would ever, 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 ever. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I don't want people to be a pastor. Be your guys' pastor. I never, ever. All the Bible reading that I did as a child, I was raised up in church. I kid you not, it was probably uh, six months before. I actually preached my first sermon. You couldn't have convinced me. I'll even go as far as to say three months before I actually preached my first sermon. You never would have been able to convince me, okay, that I was going to pastor a church, (laughs) that I was going to be leading people, that I would have a following, that I would uh, uh, be on planes and be on the road. You never would have convinced me that I would have people that were looking to me to hear uh, what God was saying or or to get instruction from me about what they should be doing or trying to figure out what was their next move in life. I never would have thought that I ever had uh, that in me. I knew I had some things in me, but that, I had no clue. Um, but you know what I think it is? And I'm speaking this from like my own okay. like personal experience like some like I grew up in a church Uh and I had I was growing my relationship with God and you know really trying to get with the program that was being set you know and you know there seemed to be on a very physical level more people that were more passionate about God than others 
and you know I was very much like well that don't look or seem comfortable to me that to, to practice like that like but I do have a relationship and I feel like the fact that sometimes when people look at a ministry and they look at the fact that of the church they 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 tend to miss the whole idea of well you as an individual you have your own personal ministry right correct but you just have to get into your own bag okay. and uh, the 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 getting into your own bag is for the, I feel I feel like you know for the last year and a bit getting into that bag has really been looking at myself oh, wow. looking at my trauma okay. looking at or looking at things that I didn't even think to be trauma okay but then realizing wow like look at the bags babe yeah <laughs> like you're low-key looking like you got a trolley but like the analogy in my head is like a crazy person with okay. just drawers going through the bin and then everyone's like are you okay and they're like yeah i'm fine i'm fine i'm right. completely Always I'm and fine. absolutely fine, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you're <Okay>. naked <laughs> and your right. drawers are day <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so i feel like if everyone kind of did start looking at what we all do and i think that's the thing like your mother was able to place give you a place in the world she was and give you a place that allowed you like an enclosed garden that allowed you to think your own or should I say become aware of your own thoughts and become aware of your own attunement to God and I think that's (laughs) it's it's important you know something else that that I had that a lot of young men don't have is I had my father in my life. And on top of that, my mother and my father were together and have been. Um, Mm. And, you know, from the the time that I was born, I've never seen them apart. Uh, I've never heard them argue. Uh, I mean, if they have a disagreement, it's sorted out very quickly uh, in a very classy manner. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, I I was able to have that. Now, uh, the trauma from... Uh, within my life came from outside areas. It was never a situation of trauma within my home, so I was really blessed in that mm. way. My father uh, was a, is, a, is a praying man, uh, but back in the day when I was a lot younger, his prayer life was really different then. He was a much younger man, and so uh, he was very, very loud with his friends. So imagine... <laughs> You know, being a little kid and you're trying to get your your little kid rest, your little beauty rest, and uh, you got to get up for school in the morning. Then like 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning, you hear stomping. You know, we had a two-story house. You hear stomping above you and, ah, ah. And it was that, you know, he was praying and he was, you know, warring for his family. He was covering his family in prayer. He was uh, making sure that we had clear paths to our destinies. And that was mm. something that he did daily. I mean, he I never recall him missing a day of dedication to prayer. And then he would leave the house and go work uh, very strenuous, like a really hard working outside kind of job. Uh, he would mm-hmm. do it every day without fail. Uh, he was really, really a wonderful role model uh, for me. Uh, so, mm-hmm. of course, I grew up feeling like... Uh, 
there's no way I could measure up to that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and it was never that he told me anything like that. My dad was always encouraging, but you know, uh, for those that, that have fathers that are wonderful, you know, dad is like Superman. Uh, and it's hard to see yourself being able to fill those shoes. Um, mm. But, you know, for, for me over time, um, like I said, if you would have asked me three months, if you would have told me three months before I, I preached my first sermon that I'd be a pastor, even be preaching, I would have told you you were a liar. But mm. what happened was, and this is this is where more comes in for any of the parents that are listening or any of the dads that okay. So January the 31st of 2011, I preached my very first sermon, okay? And what solidified it to me that I was going to continue preaching, not pastoring or anything like that. That still wasn't on my mind. But what made me feel like I had finally stepped into a place of my destiny was the confirmation from mm-hmm. my father. After I finished, my father walked up to me and he grabbed me and he hugged me and he squeezed his life into me. And he said, I'm so very proud of you. And he began to cry. And I just knew that everything about my life if it didn't change naturally in in that moment I was Mm -hmm. sure that I was going to change it Um, it meant everything to me to know that I was headed in a direction that Superman was proud of if that makes any sense (laughs) Uh, so dads never doubt yourselves never feel like um, you going to work it isn't enough that you're praying over your family or speaking words of affirmations into your sons or your daughters isn't enough believe me it's everything in the world and when they do something you tell them that you're proud of them it's better than yelling at them on any given day any level I'm telling, yeah. you, I'm telling you it's yeah. way better it is the guidance that they need when you tell them that you're proud of them uh, for whatever it is that they're doing uh, positive whatever it is that they're accomplishing believe me they'll continue in that direction yeah absolutely mm. absolutely nice it kind of nicely brings me to my next question okay. which was really asking you you know how did your understanding and experience of the world around you um, impact your thought and your place in the world you know that's a level of what I like to call critical thinking when you you start looking at your trajectory and the things you've experienced and you now start like really building the algorithm of what paths go where or how your paths have been intersecting in order to get into this this space that actually is a space that you can speak from because you know you you're coming from a well of of passion and abundance that you didn't you know if you did it somebody else's way you can't replicate that because it's not coming from a source right right um interesting enough you know um and and to kind of answer that question i have to go back to something that uh my parents say about me uh when people ask about me because my parents uh before i got into ministry of course they were really really popular in the area uh, i always call them the two living legends right because people yeah. know them and um yeah they always tell people that they don't credit themselves for my giftings and my abilities they say you know well our son is very different he does things very different than we mm. do and his gifts 
aren't necessarily our gifts. God gave him his own set of gifting. So they accredit God to everything that I am and I'm able to do, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. peculiar after source. Um, so for me, uh, my life, it, I was I was kind of a strange kid, right? When you're gifted, you're peculiar, strange. Uh, I grew up <laughs> being very open to the world at a young age. Um, oddly enough, because I loved martial arts films, not right. like regular little kids love martial arts films. Like when I say I love them, I didn't just love the kicking and the punching or the blood. No, I love the culture of the people. Right. I loved. Right. Uh, if, if I saw anything with Chinese culture, I wanted to know what it meant. I wanted to learn the, the symbols. I wanted to know why they were bowing. If I was watching mm. something that was a Japanese film, a samurai film, I wanted to have a deeper understanding. I always uh, honored and respected other people's cultures. Um, I wanted to be there. I wanted to get my fingers in it. Um, I always mm. felt like as a child, that my soul was reaching out to the whole world, wanting to just grab it and embrace it. Uh, mm. it, it just, it, it, it felt so vast, but then for me, it felt small enough as to I felt when I become an adult, I'm gonna go here, mm. I'm gonna meet these people, I'm gonna go here and I wanna live here. Uh, and it was really unusual for a small kid in Mississippi to think like that, but that was uh, where my thoughts when I uh, started learning about uh, Jamaican culture and reggae music and oh my goodness I fell in love and I started trying to learn patois you know I, <laughs> I, I really you know kind of indulged in that so really from a young age I feel like it wasn't just simply my love for martial arts and my love for music from different cultures that was just natural I feel like it was something more divine um, mm -hmm. I feel like God put that in me and he kind of led me through things that I enjoyed to get me to be more open to the world uh, because of where he's taking me. I mean, I'm still in transformation mode. I'm, I don't think that even... That's a constant yeah, thing for everybody, I don't think babe. That it's I a daily. Ever, well, you know, you have some people that feel like, well, maybe you've not met some of these people like I have that feel like there's nothing else for them. You know, they are 50 or 55, yeah. 60, 70, and they're like, oh, well, I've done it all and I've seen it all. You haven't. You haven't. I mean... And I can imagine myself <laughs> at like 80 and 90 years old and God lets me see it and gives me legs I'm still to trying move. to travel I'm, I'm still trying to backpack I want to meet I'm people not even, I still yeah. want to learn I still want to encourage yep. people you know mm -hmm. I, until my last breath I want to be used I want to be somebody that can be helpful in whatever way that I can but I'm a forever student you know um, well, it's, it's amazing that you've said this because I've I've, I've fully been in a mode of like planning my strategy till you know I do get to 80 90 I believe I'm gonna get to 80 90 my granddad died at a well, no, 109 so I got good genes so if I'm gonna be out here that long I need to pattern the thing so like I was very much like you know, I'm a creative. Yeah, I want to, you know, I want to make creative products. I want to really delve into like making, you know, interior pieces, furniture, as well as, you know, the interior design, Super and cool. the architecture people for people. But then the whole process of even doing this podcast was very much, you know, that aspect of giving back because I used to think that, you know, I wasn't at a level that I had to give back. 
and then it was just like well what does that mean like because we don't again we don't like take stock of our life experiences to even think like you know what what you've been through and what you've come out of you're a g in the yeah. like listen you have something to offer you have something listen. to offer you do you have you have plenty to offer and i'm glad you were able to see that definitely because many don't i think that a lot of times we have this idea uh, i wouldn't even know what to call it you know when you look around and you see other people doing things that you consider larger than what mm. you're doing or uh, further along than where you are and then you see them giving back you think that they're giving back because they've arrived to that place when mm. in fact they've arrived to that place because they were giving up themselves the whole time and yes, so I, it's nuts. I, I, I think that when we're <laughs> able to learn to absorb that that every moment of our lives uh, every day we're making some type of sacrifice or we should be making some type of sacrifice every day um, you know just the term sacrifice is giving something or surrendering something uh, not even necessarily in the hopes of getting something back but it Listen. has to happen period when you sur- but yeah. I think people need to just like understand what those acts of sacrifice and service is which recently I've been really like really looking at things on more of a it's absolutely simple an act of service or sacrifice is that smile that you give to someone when you see them on public transport and everyone's screw facing you those little sacrifices because at the end of the day you may not want to smile but actually it changes what i like to call your interior climate yeah yeah you you feel better so so any act of giving whether it's just a good morning right. you know you, once you start getting into that bag things just start looking different you know <laughs> things start moving in a way that like your world is just completely evolving around you what's really empowering uh, and this is difficult for regular people average people to do But Jesus says this, he says, listen, he says, if you bless your enemies, okay, if you love those that come against you and persecute you, that are screw facing you, as you say, I don't know exactly what that means, but I kind of got an idea that means they're frowning at you. my face hard, bro. Don't look at me, fam. I love that, bro. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... Uh, I watched Top Boy. Isn't that the name of the the, the show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I yeah. watched it. It was interesting. I like I like that culture, right? <laughs> so uh, you know when, when Jesus says when these happening, you know you bless these people, you love them, right? You give to them, and mm-hmm. a lot of people might mm-hmm. see that and hear that and go, "Man, that's insane." But then he goes on to make this statement. He says, "Listen." The people, the publicans, right? The the snooty people, mm-hmm. the people that think they're better than everybody else. He says, even mm-hmm. they give to those that love them. Even they look out for those that look out for them. So what good is that? Mm-hmm. How does that stand out? How is that any different? Because these are terrible people and they do that. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be a step above them, if you're going to stand out, if you're going to be beyond average, if you're going to be indeed extraordinary, then why not take into effect loving somebody that's against you? blessing somebody that tried to steal from you or take from you and that's kind of been Mm. what i've had to learn uh within ministry i didn't learn it before ministry it was within while i was going 
through ministry while the spotlight was on me uh, I was learning and I've mm-hmm. had some embarrassments and I've gone through some trials I've gone through some things in all of that I had to learn not to hold grudges I had to learn I had to learn to not only not hold grudges but to give to those people to do well to them mm. even while they were sitting in my congregation and were trying to destroy me at the same time secretly these were things that I had to learn to do and that gave me so much power okay that gave me so much power I can't tell you mm. how transformative mm. it was for me to because you're not you're not a puppet. You're, you're no not, one's trig- no one's pushing your not. buttons. You're not going yeah. off on one every single like you be. <laughs> you're not you out of control. Be. No, you, you're... you should be in control. You should be the master of your own. Mm. You should. Mm, and a lot mm, of people mm. really need to understand that people carry grudges for years. And you know, we get into touchy subjects sometimes, but I've had to deal with people that have gone through molestation, right? Okay. Maybe a family mm. member. Usually it's always somebody you know, more than likely a family member that does mm-hmm. the molestation. And so Sometimes they're holding grudges, okay, against people mm-hmm. that are dead, right? Damn. They're gone. They're dead. And here you are. You're still carrying the weight of this thing, and you're you're sick. You don't know why. Uh, you're getting mm-hmm. these, what they call psychosomatic diseases. You know, your blood pressure is high, mm-hmm. and you're getting mm-hmm. arthritis. You have aches and pains. You're going through. I'm absolutely migraine. glad that you touched on but this. This is all things <laughs> that you encounter. You know, when you're in ministry, it's yeah, your it's, baggage. It's, it's what they're it's, carrying. It's, it's your baggage. So a lot of they're carrying. They're carrying dead people. Oh God. They're <laughs> they're carrying no, dead people. <laughs> Okay, and so it, it takes it takes a it's a process. Okay, it's a process. What we call we call Man. in the church world we call it deliverance. Sometimes people hear deliverance and they think that it's you know being delivered from uh, demons, deities, evil spirits, and all of these things. Let but, me get let me take a moment okay. to interject, people. We are going into We're the going twilight zone in. where spirituality and religion. <laughs> Kind of merge into one okay. space. As, as it should. <laughs> I don't think that there should there shouldn't be uh oh goodness, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't believe okay. my friend okay. there's no getting so, in trouble here. I don't believe that there should be religious spaces, okay, that the understanding of spirituality did it now. I done lost ten percent of my people. Yes. <laughs> Okay, if, if you're not <laughs> spiritual, if you don't have any understanding or aren't trying to get any understanding of what goes beyond what you can see and what you can physically touch, why are you doing this? Why are we having this? Okay, because... And in this space, let the church say amen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the, okay, so, oh goodness, I'm going way out here. Okay, bring me back. No, okay. no, no, okay. it's so fine. We're it's we're fine. In. Let's go down the rabbit hole. I can't hole. remember what I was talking about before, so now we're going down this way. <laughs> we're going down this Well, the rabbit hole, it's critical okay. thinking. It's looking it at all is. these these it elements. Is. It is. I don't believe that the two oh, are, are separate at all. I And, you know, I, I know that sometimes I may talk to people and then, you know, I, yo, I drop some knowledge on my friend's okay. Uber driver. And I walked, oh my God, I walked out of that car. First of all, he he was supposed to drop me one place, right? He missed the roads. And then I got him to just drop me on the corner. And I could have gotten out, but it felt like this conversation wasn't done. There was, there, I felt the energetic exchange. 
and I felt him he was asking me questions and when I got out the car I was like yo Renata yeah you know when you used to look at those people like you know you, you know sometimes you listen to some conscious music and you're like where are they pulling what who are they <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'll say to myself right you done turn into one of them people right now <laughs> And then I was laughing to myself and then thinking, no, but in actuality, wouldn't the child's version of you look at you like you're an alien? Okay, okay. I see it. And then that had me thinking, that had me like, wow, okay. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> so you were saying that about the, the uh, Uber driver, right? So I don't know if you recall, yeah. okay, when we met, it was, oh, yeah. it was a very interesting situation i'm always about what i call god moments okay and right right a lot of people understand this and please don't let me go off on the tangent on this we're coming back to to (laughs) us meeting okay but a lot of people don't realize this is that they've always been okay we've always been Uh a lot of people think that when you were born when your mother gave birth to you uh that was your first time existing and that is not true i mean even science mm-hmm. people don't believe that science and religion intersect they they do they intersect pastor wilson that's Come not on. christian <laughs> that's it. not christian Stop pastor wilson they intersect <laughs> they parallel all of these things so we know from science that energy cannot be created nor destroyed okay and so we see yep. the same principles biblically biblically and people are overlooking these things okay so you're a spirit and God is the spirit, and we understand that we came from God. We came from this ultimate source that had no mother, no father, no beginning, no ending, okay? The, the Alpha, Alpha and, and Omega. Omega, okay? The authors <laughs> and the finishers, all right? Come on, we know this. We understand <laughs> this, right? And so uh, I always look for, or am open to, not necessarily looking for, but I'm always open to what I call God moments where maybe I'm destined to meet a person or even sometimes I may have known this person before, okay? Mm. Haven't known them in the earth, but we've known each other in eternity, okay? Uh, I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Three times we knew each other in eternity. So I'm sitting there and I'm having lunch with, with Sochi. Okay, and and so we're we're talking. I was there in Nigeria on uh, missions, doing some some work with my bros there, the, the bishops there uh, in Nigeria. So I'm there and I'm preaching with them, and uh, they were doing some leadership training, just really cool stuff. So my mind is completely totally focused, and uh, this was just one moment, Renata. This was just one moment, just to relax and just you know eat some food, and uh, you know. So I'm talking to him. And while I'm talking to him, something supernatural is happening because I'm talking to him, (laughs) but I'm also listening to you at the same time. Now, that is not something that you can naturally do because, you know, when two people are talking at the same time, either you're talking or you're listening. You're not doing both. Mm, okay mm, mm, but this mm, is mm. happening so i'm understanding that a god moment is taking place and so i tell so i said hold on i'm sorry wait a minute and so <laughs> i just kind of lean over and, and transmission yeah, I, interrupted I'm, I'm like, okay, well, this is apparently a moment that i'm not supposed to ignore i'm supposed to connect here i don't know why the why doesn't matter i'm not gonna overthink it or try to guess it out or anything like that i'm just gonna do 
what I'm being led to do right now in this very prophetic God moment. And so I spoke to you and then boom, it's like we became fast friends. Like immediately we connected, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, these things happen, but a lot of times people, uh, the Bible says this, okay? The Bible says, do not miss your hour of visitation. And I believe that a lot of people today uh, who should be uh, millionaires or even possibly billionaires, they miss their moment of wealth. Or even people that, uh, and oh goodness, ladies, even some people that are single, okay? Maybe they should have found no. their significant one by now, but a lot of them were too afraid to step out in that moment where they knew that uh, the heavens were open, so to speak. Okay, this is a moment mm, that mm, is divine. Mm. This is a moment that is beyond the natural. This is a supernatural moment that's happening. We call it the Kairos moment. That is when eternity intersects time for a certain period and something that's impossible or something great is about to happen. Something miraculous is about to happen. And so uh, you can't ignore these moments when you feel it, when you know it, you have to pursue it. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to, to translate what's happening in that moment. Sometimes you just need to go and do what it is that you feel that you're supposed to do. You don't have to understand mm -hmm. it right away, okay? You have to just be mm -hmm. obedient to your inner knowing, your inner feeling, what, what's mm -hmm. already there. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically what I did. And so here it is, we connected, and it's like we have known each other all our lives, though we have not. You're from a completely different continent than I am. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, you know, where you're from and where I'm from went to war at one time, okay? And, and well, you know, hey, you know, taxation without representation and all that weird stuff, okay? And, and, but here we are in Nigeria, okay? And which I ended up there because I made another uh, God connection. There was another God moment that actually got me to Nigeria to have that God moment with you. Uh, oddly enough, so you're right. Here you are, you're <laughs> and I there was... because your family's from there. Yeah. You have actual roots well, there, right? There was. I do have okay. roots there, but that was me on my Studio RDNX mm -hmm. mission, as in what is the future of the Nigerian um, design industry. So generally when I touch down, I've stopped kind of going for family business and I'm very much, and it's funny, I've stopped going for direct family yeah. business, but this is actually family yeah. business, so. So <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's twofold for you, you know? So everything yeah, yeah. happening and, and it's, you know, since my time there uh, in Nigeria, in Africa, my life has changed. It's, it's almost like uh, the first time that I went there, was I believe it was September of 2018 okay and um mm. I never asked God to go I never you know I wasn't like a lot of uh, it's it's a kind of a weird thing that a lot of U.S. pastors have where they feel like when they go to Africa they've made it I don't know why that is or who started that okay but well it's because the Negroes are so well, I mean, I don't know what it is <laughs> It's just, you know, kind of like a thing. If you go to Africa, you made it. Because believe me, after I went and then I, I, you know, posted some photos just to thank people for, you know, helping me. Because, you know, we had some donations that went forth and, uh, you know, helped me get there and do some things that were necessary. Because, you know, I'm a working man. I'm not here rolling in, in dough. 
Uh, so there were people that helped us. So I just posted some pictures and just let people know what God was doing there and how wonderful it was, how beautiful the people are. And and then I started getting all these inboxes of, oh, I, I want to go to Africa to preach. How did you go? I'm like, why would you want to go to Africa and preach? Is Africa calling for you? Did they, did they ask you to come because I was invited? You know, did God call you to it? Because you can go over here and you... No, but it's my yeah. mission and you seem come to have have like loads of I want right. to be there I, wanna, I want those Africans all over me in the 34 degree on. heat and I might get come diarrhea from and food that I'm not all the way the comfortable time, with but it's cool I want to do it the first time I went that was that was what happened to me I was three days in three days in okay three days in and my guts were coming out okay it was crazy well I, done I, that was your that initiation was <laughs> And so I could not figure out. I was like, was it something that I ate or whatever? And so... Um, you mean you ate at food from the I motherland? Did. I did. Oh, you going to learn today. You know what happened? Everybody was force feeding me. Did you eat? Did you eat? Was the only question that I no, got sir. all day, every day. Did you eat? Did you have something to eat? Did you eat? Every girl especially. Have you eaten? Have you eaten? Everybody. Because she wants to show you that she can cook because you're from, you're from Yankee land. Every time. And you're yellow, you're yellow, you're it yellow. It was a lovely time. <laughs> I had, I was, I, I kid you not. So the first time I went, I was, I was in Nigeria, playing up, playing down, 17 days total. Okay, the first time. Uh, and um, when yeah. I got back, to, I was sick an additional month. I had it really, really bad. Sorry. Um, but that did not deter me from coming back another time. It just made me wise. I never felt I didn't get superstitious because a lot of religious people are more superstitious than spiritual. Okay? It's, they're devils you know, in so the Africans. They, they, they're more yeah. superstitious than spiritual. So they would think, you know, when I got sick, it's not the will of God for Someone me to, to be Someone tried to poison here. you, right? They'll, they'll right. say something more like, well, it wasn't the will of God for me to be there. I got sick and, you know, I, I was, but God didn't cover me. And I never thought that. It was just, you know, either I ate something that I wasn't supposed to eat or, you common, know. Well, common sense. And here's, yeah. it's just, you know, you can be spiritual common and still sense, use correct. common sense. You live in a country that, you know, generally a lot right. of the food is processed. Um, but even if you, you've been eating under a certain climate and condition, you removed yourself from that climate and condition. And rather than gently reintroducing yourself to the new climate and condition, you just went and, and, and everything. And, and of course, are, the system's going to shut down. Too, you know, the, the water is different. You know, the, the bacteria yeah. that we have here is different than the bacteria that that's... It's different. That's you ain't Nigeria, made friends right? with them yet. And <clears throat> right. they don't so, know who you so, are. So You're not gang gang yet. Into, into haywire mode. Like, you're like, oh, what is this? We're not familiar. <laughs> empty. Empty it out. Just get all, <laughs> get it out of here. Yeah. So that's yeah. what started, yeah. started happening. Cut, 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 cut. You're crazy. Cut you're crazy. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? You know what? It was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful time. But I'm always open to to God moments. You know, people coming into my life and not taking those relationships that are formed for granted. Because believe it or not, uh, I'm, I'm actually naturally introverted. Okay, I don't get in people's business. For where? I, I, my friend I really really You put me on a stage. <laughs> 
in front of people. I would shine, 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 shine. Okay? But if you put me in a room, like a party or a gathering or whatever, if I don't feel led or if I don't, if there's not business to be made there, uh, okay, I am the guy okay. standing in the corner now, with my punch. That is a subtext conversation that's happening good. here. So, <laughs> so understand this. When I have God moments, Ooh. those are times that I move. But outside of that, you know, I'm I'm to myself. That's just that's just who I am. I move. My movements are oftentimes prophetic. My movements are, are led by something deeper than what I see, deeper than what I naturally hear, or what I can feel on my skin. These things go much, much deeper. Um, okay, so just let's get to like you said, God moment. What was it about what I, without it being about my ego? Or no, you don't anything, want to hit swell up. I believe. It's not even, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Let me out of Let me out of <laughs> Because people need to be able to recognize these, these moments okay. of intersection that will bring you to what I call a place of collaborative um, osmosis. That's the word. Collaborative osmosis. So, for instance, you're a pastor. I am an interior architect. What does the two have in common? You're based in the US, I'm based in London, but we were both in Nigeria for different things. You know, I was starting up RDMX. That was a meeting that my PR consultant had arranged. And it was me, literally, I spend my, my, most of my times in Nigeria before I do events is doing meet and greets, talking to people, talking to people about what they're doing, what are the problems, how can we help? And I'm, so I end up with this kind of list in my head. Um, and then when I get back to London, it's like, okay, how do I bring that connection together inclusive of what I want to explore in my plans? Let it not just be like a one-way thing. How do I... Um, what's the word? How do I... How do I intersect into the existing system to be able to support with what I feel I have to offer and bring to the table and how do I connect with people to make that happen so with that being the stage what was it about what I said that got you out of your seat about what you said (laughs) to be honest with you I was listening to you and I wasn't this probably won't make any sense but those that think beyond will hear what I'm saying I knew what you were saying was something that I was supposed to connect to, but I didn't hear a word that you said. Okay, there were people all around us. Wow. They were talking. There were a lot of people that were there. <laughs> it was packed that day. People were talking. But I heard you specifically. You stood out to me. I knew that it was a moment. Now, uh, interesting what you said, the reason why you were there and what you were doing, uh, my mission was similar. Uh, I wanted to understand. I wanted to know how I could help. Uh, anything that I could do to be of assistance. I didn't go over there, you know, the big bad American that's going to do so many great, wonderful things. No, I was there just to serve in whatever capacity that I was needed and use the gifts that God gave me to carry those things out. Um, but <laughs> ultimately, you know, just in that moment, I knew that we were supposed to connect. I didn't know who you know, your uh, PR person was there. And then there was another young man that was there. I didn't, 
Yeah, that's right. the guy I was and, there to meet. Don't worry, we'll cool, be connecting cool. very soon. And, and so I, I didn't know any of you, but I knew that that was supposed to happen. Um, and so I just knew that mm. you and I were definitely supposed to connect. And, you know, things didn't iron out when we were when we got a chance to meet again because so many things were happening and I ended up having to travel uh, a lot sooner and you were yep. gone a lot sooner than what I thought. So, uh, but I knew that what was supposed to happen that day happened and I took rest in that, I took comfort in that. Um, but I think mm. that people need to, uh, for lack of a better term, people need to really chill in some areas. You don't need to completely and totally understand a moment to live in it. Okay, you don't need to overanalyze okay. the moments and and think worst case scenario every time uh, you get one of these divine moments. You know, for for those of you that are spiritual out there, for those of you that have uh, any type of uh, depth of understanding things that are beyond you eternally eternal understanding okay heavenly understanding so to speak uh sometimes when you're led into these mm -hmm. moments it could be something as simple as uh, and and i i do this from time to time um the prophetically the lord will give me something to say to someone right now this is the mm -hmm. scary part about being a prophetic person you may not get the full picture of everything that you're supposed to say uh walking with God is trusting him so you may only get a nugget so I might see mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> a, a young man walking and I might see a car I have no clue what that means mm. I don't even know how I mean do I walk up to him to say car you know what I mean it's like it's mm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like how do I like, translate okay, this chunk of information and, um <laughs> So it, it's it, it, the way that it works out is it's trusting God. It's you you two are in a relationship. You're walking together. You're working together to fulfill His will concerning other people's lives that He's trying to reach, and He's using you to do that. Okay, and we could get into a whole lot of rules mm -hmm. and regulations when it comes to heaven and earth and how these things function, what God can put his hands in and what he won't put his hands in and all these things of that nature but just just trust me the lord uses us we're here for a reason beyond just going to work eating breathing thinking you know so um i can see a car and i can walk up to him and i can say hey i don't know what this means to you but i'm seeing a car okay and now i can go into detail in fact uh i see that this particular car is blue and, and 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 now I'm seeing that there's uh, a man that's uh, constantly under the hood. He's working, he's working, and I see him toiling a lot. And I hear him, you know, he's praying while he's working, and I hear him saying such and such and such a thing. And then in that moment, that young man might break down and mm. cry. And I have no clue what in the world is going on. And he could be like, well, you know, I just lost my dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been praying and trying to find some type of comfort. And but, but you know what? I want to. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate sure. because someone could turn around and say, "Well, everybody has problems, and what's to say, you know, the pastor could be like, uh, you know, someone's mother." It's a lot of six well, moms, in right? this day a lot and age, of six moms, okay? so, <laughs> you know. So, how do you transverse okay, so all of that the way up against? That I don't know about anybody else, okay? But this is the way that God works through me in those type of situations. Just these type. If you have a broad mm -hmm. audience, that was a one-on-one -on -one type of thing. 
in public type of thing. You can't, like, mm, when mm. you hit that, like, he can't even explain that. Or she can't even explain that. Like, that's out of the blue. I don't know you. You don't know me. You're not doing this to put on a show. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're speaking directly to me. Now, if we're in an audience, there's a situation mm-hmm. where there's a church or a conference in the center, and there's an audience, and people automatically think, okay, this guy's here to put on a show. He's a scammer because we've seen him. We've seen Prophet scam. We've seen him do tricks. We've seen them uh, do toy miracles, play <laughs> miracles. We've seen all of these things happen and it puts a question mark uh, above the church, above the body of Christ. It puts a question mark on prophetic people. So the way that God uses me is mm. he will cause me to speak to people first. A lot of times it might start in the present. Well, I see that you're going through this, this, is this. And so immediately I'll go to the past. God will show me the past. And I'll begin to speak about things that only that person knew about. And sometimes maybe that person knew about and somebody that might have died knew about. And these things I can see. You sound like the <laughs> obvious man, fam. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> because what we've got to understand is that God stands outside of time. He doesn't live inside of time. He stands outside of time. God sees things within a moment. Okay? God is a God of, 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 of eternity. Mm. So he sees time as a moment. So he can see your entire your past. Mm-hmm. He can see your present. And he can also see your future. All right? Now, uh, oh goodness, we're going to get into like a twisty turny thing when we start talking about future. All right? Because there's there's your uh, the future that you actually do live out uh and there's your ordained future the future that god has planned for you okay so there are many different types of futures that you can live through uh, but ultimately there's only one that you will actually live okay in spite of whatever god's plan is for you a lot of people think that oh something happens they go oh well that was god's plan that's not necessarily so a lot of us live outside of the plan of god because god gives us free will right but this is the thing I almost want to say to everyone like everything that he's saying it's not an externalization I think sometimes when these concepts are being presented a lot of us see God as being an external being that is outside of us outside of this planet and is maybe somewhere just kind of listening to what we're doing is like radio station chatter and I think for me the when when you're talking um for me it's very much an internalization it's very much i almost feel like you meet god when you meet yourself because you have to you have to shed your skin in order to realize what is inside you i'm sorry there will be people that would disagree with this with this statement okay what you just said it's very interesting. I say this, okay? Until you meet God, you don't know yourself. You don't know yourself, okay? But they're both chicken and egg, though. I see it as both uh, sides of the same coin. Yes, but a lot of times people may think that they know themselves and you... Right. No, no, no. And that's the the thing. No, when you meet yourself, you, you don't meet your virtual assistant the me the you that you've sent to everybody else and they know who you are when you meet yourself when i'm saying that i mean when you shed all of that you shed all of you get rid of all of that and you start really taking your ego out and i'm glad that you broke that down because we really have and then if we're getting into that because now we're getting ready to go down into a whole nother rabbit hole because if we're really getting into that now we have to (laughs) 
really talk about what it means to actually meet yourself and how do you know that you're actually meeting your true self you see because not everybody mm. it, 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 oh, the only reason why and, I, and i'm not trying to <laughs> discount what you said about you don't be god until you meet yourself but i'm no 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 no. that's been my not personal experience and everyone's right, the only thing, thing is different is but yeah sometimes because we're human all right we're human we're, we're capable of error where God is perfect and he is not so to speak okay just from my perspective okay of belief God is perfect we are mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. God takes into account that we are not perfect okay he takes that into account which a lot of people need to understand that too all right but because he's perfect he knows us inside of his perfect will all right so uh, a lot of people don't really know who they are where they're supposed to be what they're supposed to be doing and sometimes they can think that they do and then at some point in their life uh, they realize that they're mistaken and then it feels like the whole world fell on top of them all right but then this is the thing like with you i'd liken that with you know you had a a space where you were able to really understand your gifts Mm -hmm. because and you know i made a joke about Mm -hmm. it like oh you sound like the obia man but if you could have been in a different environment and you could have started talking to people about how you assimilate information no, and you would, could have been seen as crazy that I could do, right and, and so that's, that's well, there's th- proven you could do it but this is the thing you, you still you have to go through that to, process well, of practice i'm gonna tell you this i'm gonna tell you this i came out the gate being able to do that all right because, uh, and just hear me, because we're talking about my experience, all right? So, uh, when I started doing actual ministry work, okay, and then uh, actually doing prophetic mm. stuff in front of people, okay, one-on-one, you know, you can go to a person and be shivery and scared, you know, and if you miss it, only you and that person knows, right? No, no, no. So, now we're talking about, you know, we're mm, talking mm, about actual mm, audiences, mm. massive audiences, and I mean, you know, we're talking about just leaving Nigeria, right? And so, I'm there, and you're looking at, you know, a thousand mm. plus people, and they're all looking at you, and hey, you know Nigerians, they, you know, and nothing slides past them, okay? They're watching you, and they're hitting you with the, hmm, you know, that thing that, that Niger- hmm. they're watching everything that you do, okay? They're paying very close attention. <laughs> and if there's anything false, uh, yeah. Maybe this one, yeah, you. this new pastor. And so, uh, you know, from, from the jump, from the first time that I ever did it, uh, it was accurate. Thank God, okay? This is not about me. Thank God that I have not missed one yet and i say yet loosely because you know i am human but god has never failed me in that area so you might sound crazy to a person saying well this is the ability that i have you know i can see your past i can see your present and i can see where god wants you to go in your future now a lot of people think just because you tell Mm -hmm. somebody what what god wants to do or the direction they're supposed to go in that that's what's going to happen well a lot of times prophecy comes with instruction Mm. okay or if you're already in the place where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do the only thing that you have to do Mm -hmm. is stay there if you start doing unrighteous things if you start if you move or you know maybe the lord might tell you something simple right uh tell a tell a woman and a man Mm. married say well the lord says that you're getting ready to have a child right 
And so they go through some things over the next three months and then they decide to divorce. And then I see the wife a year later and she's like, oh, you told me that the Lord said that I was going to get pregnant. I was going to have a child. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> well, I ended up divorcing my husband. Who told you to divorce your husband? Right? So apparently you need a penis and you need a vagina, you need sperm, you need all these things to create a baby. Okay, we're not talking about, you know, anything divine happening here. We know that it, we had the Immaculate Conception in the Bible with Jesus and Mary and all of that stuff. But we're not saying that God never said that he was going to do that for you. All right. He spoke to you. He spoke to your husband concerning a child. He's done it a million times over again in the, in the word of God. All right. We've seen it. So, you know, a lot of times people move outside of the will of God and prophecy won't come to pass because you moved. Right. You were in the right place. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can be kind of creepy for some people that have never experienced it before. I mean, down to... Uh, Wouldn't that be classed as like the equivalent of an alternate reality? Well, you know what? Okay, so that's so <laughs> That rendered crazy. because going you, know, back to what I you said, took a different there's choice. There's your future that you're going to go through, <laughs> that you're going to take, and then there's your, what I call your ordained future, okay? That's the one that God has sectioned mm-hmm. off specifically for you. Now, sometimes people can find that, all right? They can take different paths and find that uh, ordained future. Sometimes maybe they might be a little off course or it may come a little bit later than what it's supposed to, but a lot of times in, people end up getting on that quote-unquote right road. All right, but some people never find it. Some people die mm. early. Some people, you know, just never change their ways and these things are tragic. So I don't like it a lot of times when uh, you know, you have a tragedy or something happens and it's it's really weird and it's off and then people go, well, God knew best. I'm sure he did know best, but that wasn't what he was talking. That wasn't what he was but talking about. But did you about. listen? All right, so we're gonna get real did you get just a second, okay? <laughs> so there are knowings, right? And the people that are listening to me right now that mm. uh, are in touch with divinity, people that are, are prophetic, that they understand when I heard the news maybe you haven't said it to anyone but you know <laughs> when I heard the news right about Kobe Bryant okay that his helicopter went right. down and that his daughter uh, was in the helicopter with him and she passed away also the first thing that came to me immediately was mm-hmm. not the will of God Just it's God never <laughs> wanted that to happen now did he know that it was going to happen yes but that was not what he wanted what he what his heart's desire was okay, a lot of people don't think that god thinks and feels and and reasons and these things that well he's the bible says that he made us in his image and some people say god made us in his image and in his likeness it's not what the bible says the bible says god made us in his image after his likeness so the same things that we do thinking reasoning feeling loving okay we all took that after our creator okay we followed after him in his footsteps so Mm -hmm. of course this was not what god was happy about and i could feel that god was not pleased with what took place all right so and, and I could go down the whole road about, you know, conspiracy theories and all that kind of weird stuff. But this was something that was not supposed <laughs> to happen from his perspective, but it did. Um, the Bible lets us know that indeed the earth is the mm-hmm. Lord's and the fullness thereof. But the Bible also lets us know that he's given it to man. It's in our hands. Okay. And 
it gets it gets really really deep but that's why we have things like prayer that's why we have things like prophecy because this is the way that we get our understanding we get our guidance we get our wisdom this is how we get the actual uh so to speak spiritual hand of god involved in certain things because god is, is within us yes he's within us he's outside of us he's also in eternity he's everywhere okay uh god is massive he's uh as big and as far away as you could think but he's also as near and as close as you could even really understand if god could cast galaxies in the sky so far away that the most powerful telescope in the world couldn't even see all of the galaxies they could point uh there was a story about they pointed a telescope uh this really powerful telescope this was years ago maybe like the 80s i think and they pointed it into the same direction of darkness for about six months and just in the uh I think <laughs> like the, the space of like a hand i think they discovered like 305 galaxies that is crazy okay just in the space of hand so we don't even know how many so if god could create all of that out there and then within the earth right create being so microscopic that we need really really powerful microscopes just to see them how small they are what right? you mean pastor in the earth what you mean <laughs> okay. pastor so in if, the earth if god can do that then surely he could be in every place at the same time okay if he could create that then surely he can be that too um so i i, I want people to, to understand that though god is great he's massive and he's powerful that he's also loving caring and sensitive as well and he wants to be involved in your life he wants to have a place in your life he wants to be able to tell you things he wants you to be able to wants to be able to give you those unctions uh that will keep you safe that will guide you that will lead you that will keep you temporal you won't be raging out and lashing out and doing things that you'll regret later on okay because you can apologize for things but you can't erase the past it just doesn't happen all right, so God wants to be just involved, as involved uh, in your life, holding your life together as he holds the stars up in the sky, okay, so to speak. Don't get scientific on me, but you're here. So God wants to be very much involved <laughs> in the life of all people. Everybody's important to him. You don't have to have millions of dollars. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to uh, be somebody that gives out of millions of dollars in charitable donations you know like you were saying earlier Renata uh you had something to give okay you hadn't arrived to the place where you're aiming for but every day you're understanding that you have gifts you have abilities you have uh talents that you've acquired over time that will allow you to give back in some space in some way shape or form okay and and so God understands mm -hmm. that uh, where you are, He understands uh, how you identify yourself at this point in time. And He wants to take you just the way you are, and He wants to show you things. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to uh, be there through your life development. Okay, He wants to be with you. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Let me just interject there and just say, like, again, and I'm only saying this from experience and just where I'm at. These things may still be very broad concepts to people as to how you amalgamate spirituality into honing and crafting and walking towards developing, you know, like you right. said, these gifts are already right. there. Your own gift there. manifested at that time. But again, you know, 
how can I direct you to see something that you don't even understand or have a context for because life is happening um and almost how do you submit yourself to this path of practice where man and god meet in this uh collaborative space where yes your higher god the higher self the higher version is consistently creating how do you become a co-creator in this experience in harmonizing the gifts that okay, are beneficial great, to the planet great, great, at this time question. so um we have to get in just really briefly we have to get into the idea of community okay um anybody that you hear that's successful in any range of anything they will all tell you that they had a coach okay so i'm not trying to go too far left here but i'm trying to make it as practical as possible for everybody that's listening to you all these people that did great things they all had a coach they all had uh, a mentor somebody to look to to help lead them and guide them okay each and every one of us now this is also why church is important it's important to have a pastor or whatever it is that you believe it's important to have some type of spiritual leader that is trustworthy okay uh, don't stay in any abusive situation. I just want to say that really quickly because sometimes people get into things and see way out. So you're going way out. Yeah. Some people get into things. I, you missed it earlier when it. I said I that. Well, maybe you, you ignored it. So you, you, you get banned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you shouldn't stay in any situation where you, where you find somebody that you can trust. You know, and, and and maybe you might be in a massive church or uh, or whatnot or wherever it is that you go to worship, and uh, but you might be able to find people around you who see and understand on a deeper level than you. I don't want to say that they're necessarily better than you, but they might be better at this than you are. These are the people that you lean on. Okay, you create the community around you necessary to reach that space where you can understand okay this is the voice of god this is the voice of something else okay uh i i feel like this is what god is telling me okay so let me check with this individual who's better than me at this who uh maybe deeper have deeper insight than me to make sure that i'm not quote-unquote tripping okay so I want to interject there and also say that like it will be a process of whatever you're thinking internally sometimes when there has there has to be confirmation and that confirmation becomes an externalization so for instance i tend to find that i'll have conversations internally and then i'll meet certain people and they'll tell me the answers to things that i ask nobody yet it was just an internal question and I'm learning Let that level of this. synchronicity. Oh like, my goodness. Oh, that you over there, son? Yo, I, so you. this is yes, the crazy thing you. that people Hi. don't realize. Your internal is not as internal as you think. Everything that you think, everything that you feel is on a broadcast. It goes out into the atmosphere. If you could picture that, okay? We're talking spiritual stuff, people. We're not talking about the regular, mm-hmm. everyday, ABC one two three. No, this is something that you can put on paper and come out with the figure. I'm telling you, anything that you think, anything that you feel, mm-hmm. it goes out on the broadcast. Even the things that you do. 
and this is uh you know one reason why okay well i won't go into that but i'll just say this because i was about to go way like oh my god i don't want to scare anybody okay i want to creep anybody out but uh everything that you think it goes out on a broadcast so you could be thinking in yourself internally but somebody could pick up your frequency okay and they could know just without knowing that this is what it is that you need it is uh the idea of a spiritual community okay it's eternal like i said before we got here naturally we were with the board the committee so there's something beyond our bodies there's a spirit there okay and so just as we were then we still are now but a lot of us aren't in touch with that okay stop it the adjustment bureau (laughs) i'm gonna tell (laughs) so yeah so a lot of times you know uh, people pick up on these things okay because you're, you're broadcasting at all times you're putting things out there at all times but this is why you definitely need a coach okay so i'm going to tell you this and, and then i'm going to leave it at that and let you ask whatever other question so one of the scariest type of christians uh that i believe exists yeah i said when i said he scary, said scary christian yeah uh-uh. okay they well, know scary the, christians the over here uh-uh are those that pray okay and 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 maybe gifted but they pray and they listen to hear answers from god right but they don't have a pastor okay they don't have a pastor they don't have any type of coach of any kind they are not uh truly active in community from the space of accountability they're not accountable to anyone these are the most frightening people because of the fact that whatever it is that they pick up whatever it is that they hear they just go with it they don't check with anybody they don't have anybody that they will submit themselves to turn to the to allow that person say no i think you're wrong on this one or let's look deeper into what it is that you think that you heard and these are the scariest people these are the people that mislead people a lot of times uh they're they're off their rocker sometimes some of these people need to be on medicine even sometimes i'm not trying to talk down on the church because i love but uh uh-uh, uh pastor that's judgmental listen, that's judgmental pastor no i a won't be having that about, over here about pastor. Judgmental no. this and <laughs> if you're gonna build a house and you don't judge it while you're building it it's gonna fall people that live in it they're gonna die because what you're doing the entire time you're judging you're taking measurements you're putting wood or you're putting brick up against something to measure how tall it is how long it is how wide it is and if uh-uh, you pastor you just went not, over my like head jesus said much. in the bible going Nuh-uh. back to jesus said, he said listen before you build a building you count the cost of find out what it's going to cost what it's going to take all right so people need to judge certain things people need to give account of certain things it's just the way that community is supposed to work and so you know when you have people and now this isn't just to to like a church thing okay i have a buddhist friend i've got buddhist friends i've got atheist friends i've got muslim friends like i absolutely i you hang I, around I, with atheists uh, no. appreciate uh atheists you know they it's interesting they think that christians think that we know it all but then when you actually talk to one it's like they know it all they're shut down they don't want to hear anything they're not open to anything it's like okay cool but those are you know some of my friends but ultimately when you when when i look into uh uh how people are processing 
their thoughts and uh, their feelings and their imaginations and they're not running it across anybody. Like my Buddhist friend was telling me that she lived up the road from the Dalai Lama for years, okay? And she was telling me all of the corruption that was going on with these Tibetan monks. I mean, it was just money and prostitutes and all of these things. And so uh, these were people that had no accountability to anyone. They would not be uh, brought on the carpet. They would not allow themselves, watch this, to be judged, to be measured, to have a measurement placed upon them as to how they should be behaving and how they shouldn't be behaving. So I think people need to understand that judgment is important to a certain extent. You need to be accountable to somebody. Somebody needs to be able to tell you when you're wrong or when you're missing it. You need to be coached. And that's just the bottom line of it. We can't just have people out running willy-nilly talking about their spiritual or they hear uh, divine voices. And we don't check where that voice is coming from, you know, because that could be God or it could be a lack of medicine, you know, or it could be <laughs> some evil. I mean... Ain't that the reason why some pastors are just handing out um, uh, what is, the what milk is the of the gods? What do you mean? What is the milk oh, of the gods? Goodness. It's that nectar that comes Ooh, down his peepee in that the is congregation. Some sippy, weird, sippy, crazy stuff. You know, sometimes you read about these stories and, you know, you get on Facebook and then you see um, these stories. And sometimes I have to check the sources because not all, all of the time these new sources are correct. But when you do read something like that and you see these people get arrested and go to prison, I say bravo for the justice system for locking these people away because it's horrible. It's terrible. We don't need them representing us. We don't need them uh, walking around saying that they're pastors or priests or leaders because they're not. And Jesus even warns of this. He says, you'll have uh, you have wolves walking around in sheep's clothing. Okay, so it's not something that the Bible missed. Okay, so people go, oh, those Tales. preachers, pastors, they're horrible. No, Jesus saw it beforehand. Like, we're talking over 2,000 years ago. He saw it. He says, listen, there's going to come a day where you're going to have men that are pretending to be one of you, and they're not. Boom. There it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, oh, they're no, the person that started this told you. He told all of us this is gonna happen. Alright. <laughs> oh, Why did you go there and take the sippy cup, Magnus? You know, religious leaders that have done terrible things, you know, and, and horrible things. Oh my goodness. No, it's 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 okay. We yeah, can leave that for not, somebody else to deal my, with. My ballpark. I say, hey, if people are being unrighteous, <laughs> they're doing the wrong things, let them be judged and you know, give them the time that they're supposed to have and keep them away from, from people. Uh, don't let them lead anybody, do harm to anybody oh. anymore. Okay. Uh of course, people, you know, you just gotta be careful. Uh you can't listen to every rumor. Uh, any bad thing that people say about certain leaders. I've had people talk bad about me. I've had people lie on me for whatever. I wasn't handing out no sippy cups. You were handing you know, out sippy cups? You, you have things that happen. Oh my like, God. Best, <laughs> if you feel led to a leader, or you feel led to a congregation or a church, then just to try it for yourself, find out. You know, I always say, give a church at least two to three visits first just to see how your spirit feels. If you feel energized, if you feel led, or even uh, sometimes if you feel um, 
convicted, not condemned, but a little convicted that there can be change uh, taking place in your life and you feel motivated to make those changes that are necessary to get where you need to go or to get your family where they need to be. And that's something that you definitely need to take into consideration that maybe this is a place for me to grow, uh, at least for this season of my life. Uh, so just be very careful, of course, when you're choosing your leaders, when you're choosing your friends, when you're choosing those to be accountable to that are going to coach you and help you along. Um, you're only going to grow uh, to the place of what your surroundings are. Uh, you look around you and you're surrounded by people that are always mm. broke, always complaining, don't have any dreams, no vision. You know, come on. We ain't got broke. We ain't broke. We got businesses. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you, you got have businesses. Business and you might be broke, but are these people <laughs> uh, practical uh, concerning how they're dealing with their dreams? You see, do they have a plan? Are, are they working hard? You know, are, are they being accountable? Do they have a coach? Do they have somebody they're accountable to? Well, then it's fine. You know, keep those people in your corner because you're going somewhere together. Mm. But of course, you need people around you that have been where you're trying to go. You see? And this is something that we have to have. So you need to have, yeah. of course, uh, going back to this word again, community. Um, the Bible calls it kingdom. Okay, we need we need that kingdom influence. We all need to be here together. We need to be within the correct rulership. Uh, we need to be accountable to somebody that can help us get to where we're going. All of this plays into your creative side. You being a, a creator, uh, creativity comes a lot of times from spirituality. We don't know. Uh, a lot of times people go, oh, well, I don't know how in the world Steven Spielberg uh, does what he does. Or, uh, come because on. he gets it being yeah, right and, and into his is, head. You know, he might James wake up from Cameron, a dream. And, even, uh... Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the horror guy's name? Stephen King, okay? Even going in that direction, okay? That comes from a, a divine mm. place as well. Maybe not the, the positive one where we want to go, but he's being influenced, mm. you know? Uh, I mean, everything, yeah. everything it's accessible. is accessible. I like to call it... Um, isn't it's it the cloud it's, that, it's that, the source it's the cloud and you can right okay it's not because you know i was just i was explaining to someone that in order to and <laughs> i know we're gonna have to start though, wrapping really. up very soon but like <laughs> it has i've really enjoyed it actually <laughs> um like i was saying to someone that evolving in consciousness um, is like, for instance, a hard drive. And, you know, some people, depending on what level of conversation you're, you're looking at this at, some people may be like, okay, the hard drive is a piece of machinery that does a thing. But sometimes, and I feel like we tend to come in as this hard drive. <clears throat> now, each hard drive has a certain amount of space. And you go through life and you fill up that hard drive and based off of how and where you're at you know you either have to buy another hard drive or you upgrade to the cloud now when you upgrade to the cloud i feel like the cloud is the you that is, is the continuously the consistently connected to god <laughs> and you are the hard drive now the hard drive and the cloud interface come on but through the pc through the mac through the pc the cloud is aware of the hard drive the hard drive 
is not aware of the cloud and whether it's and you know everything replicates you know microcosm macrocosm you don't get to be a designer or actually there's some people that didn't go to school but the point is you have to go through grades you have to go through stages you know you had to crawl before you can walk and unless you get this this symbiosis (laughs) this and this symbiosis means you know you that was that would have been my last question for you um what would be the thing that you would have told your your younger self um as to you know in certain situations in life we always think that this is it like i can't take anymore there's nothing gonna that's gonna be like this is the worst thing that's ever happened and my life has ended and then you realize that maybe like two years down the line it's really not that what would you be able to pass on to the community as to things that they can hold on to when life is just chaotic and how to use those tools to to build what I like to call your spiritual muscles <laughs> like spiritual gym to get you through life because if you don't have a spiritual gym <coughs> so your life will beat you I up I want to um, completely understand the question because it sounds like you asked two questions because you said what, what I would say to my younger self and then it sounded like you said uh, what I could leave with the people as far as could you ask me the question again? I just want to get clarity. So it's all—it's okay. always a thing of what would you say to your younger self, and what are yeah, it's two questions, and what are the actionable? Because I like—I'm not a person that just likes to give out information. There needs to be actionable, small actionable daily tasks that can bring you into alignment, attunement, into your path, into your greatness. Like, how does someone segue out of like? a day of chaos and pain and actually find that light or that that dot that says here you find your rest here you can be watered and let's build you up to to do another day like you can actually Um, do another day something that i would say to my younger self um i would definitely go back and talk to my younger self that was uh going through depression and having uh, suicidal thoughts. Uh, not because something was wrong at home or my life wasn't wonderful, it was, but um, I was going through some spiritual things um, that were affecting my mental attack. And I would say to that young man that your life does have value. Um, you cannot see the bigger picture right now because you're so young but there are so many people that are waiting for you to come into who you are they're looking towards it they're depending on it and if you don't become who you're supposed to be those people might be lost forever that is what I would say to my younger self um, who was going through that I was um when I was a kid, I had a lot of self-esteem issues. Um, I was uh, really a, uh, not just a chubby kid. I mean, I was obese, right? Um, and I went through a lot with that. Um, and then too, during that stage, of course, I mentioned earlier that I was homeschooled. And so there was also the lack of community. 
And when I would try to uh, connect to community, you know, outside, going outside and playing with other young men, I mean, I technically, you know, Moss Point is kind of like the hood, right? So, it's not even really kind of like, it, no, really, it's, it's gang gang. Gang gang. Um, a lot of times I would get attacked, I would get jumped, I would end up in fights uh, just for trying to ride my bike or just hang out, say hello, you know, just trying to fit in and be normal, but I didn't realize I wasn't normal and I didn't fit in. So it was very hard for me to understand that I was set apart, that I was different. Uh, so I would definitely speak to that young man in those terms to let him know that there is a life beyond what he's experiencing at this moment, because all it is is a moment. And it's all towards a purpose. Um, but I would say, I, I would speak from kind of experience on to the people that need something practical, I guess you're asking to be able to do to help them hone in on where they mm. should be. Um, I used to have, when I was in school, I was in college, I had an alcohol problem. Okay? Um, yeah, I really did. And it was, it was, Say you know, it, was the, it was going into something really bad. Now, uh, I have, uh, my family has a, a history of alcoholism and drug abuse. Okay, it's uh, uh, more so drug abuse. Uh, you'll find a few people along my mom's side of the family, alcoholism, you'll find it more so uh, on my dad's side of the family, people that have addictive personalities. Okay, I won't go into what that is, but I was headed in that direction. And um, I was drunk one night, um, the drunkest that I've ever been in my life. And I, that night, I, I wish we had more time. I go into more detail about what took place. But literally, it was like God walked into my room there in my apartment in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And he introduced himself to me without saying a word. Um, it literally felt like God laid on top of me, like laid on top of me. And it was like instantly the universe opened up to me, so to speak. It's just how it felt. Um, that night, I was forever changed. Um, I woke up the next morning to my usual morning drinking. I had my bottle of Crown Royal. And I'm just trying to you know, wrap this up quick, quickly. And I began to pour um, my morning shots of, you know, get through the day without feeling. Um, and I was drinking, okay, waiting to get a buzz. And then I drank and I drank and I drank and I couldn't even get a buzz. Uh, and before I knew it, I drank half the bottle, it was a full bottle. I drank half the bottle of Crown Royal and I wasn't even buzzed. Uh, my head wasn't bruised, my vision wasn't blurred. It was having zero effect on me. And that was the moment that I realized something divine had truly taken place in my life beyond the scriptures that I read when I was a kid, beyond uh, the the years that I spent in church, the hours that I spent in children's church and Sunday school. This was something that was beyond text. Uh, it was beyond uh, time spent. This was something that was uh, spiritual, but it was so very real. It was tangible because here I am drinking a substance that never fails at getting me inebriated and, and it's doing nothing for me. Mm. I knew that my ailments, my mental ailments, my spiritual ailments, I was healed of those. And I took that bottle of Crown Royal and I poured it into mm -hmm. the sink and then I threw it in the garbage. 
Then I went into the fridge and I grabbed the red berry Ciroc and I grabbed the regular Ciroc and I threw that in the garbage. Then I went into the cabinet. Mm. I grabbed the Grey Goose. <laughs> I grabbed the Belvedere and I threw that in the garbage. Okay, I'm telling you how real it was, okay? Whoa. Yeah. And so then you, I went in. I you mean, you we, were stocked we, up I nicely, threw yeah? It all the way. I packed the garbage up. I remember uh, yeah, I was, at the time I drove uh, uh, an old school Cadillac. I drove up the road of my apartment complex, went to the dumpster, and I lobbed it all into the dumpster, never to be seen again. And it wasn't so much, and I want people to hear me. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, if you take a drink, that it's a sin and all these things. But drinking represented something for me uh, that was very much ungodly in the sense that it was not supposed to be uh, something that ruled my life. It was not supposed to be something that would cause me to dead in my senses. Okay, it was keeping me from being alive because I didn't want to feel the things that I needed to deal with. All right. So after that point, uh, it was actually mm, two and a half months after that, I preached my first sermon. Things that I learned that I needed to, to begin to do. Okay. I needed somebody to talk to. All right. I needed somebody to be accountable to uh, a coach, so to speak. All right. Uh, I needed to pray every day. Every day I needed to give account of myself to God. And I needed to spend time in meditation, just listening. Even if I didn't hear God speak anything or there was no uh, divine voice or touch or whatever, I needed that time of silence just to think. And then the last thing, write. Please write. You need, uh, I, I don't care if you get a diary or a journal or however you do it, log it into your phone. I always say pen and paper is better. I, I just, pen and paper is, is something about it, okay? It's very special. Um, and you write, write out your thoughts, write out your feelings, take a moment, you know, take the day, and then go back and read them and see if you're thinking in a sober manner. You know, read through, you know, the pains that you might deal, be dealing with, or you might see your growth. You might see moments of clarity. You might see that there's something beyond some person that's in there that you didn't realize was there until you begin to express yourself uh, on paper. Uh, some of you might prefer voice recording, you know, uh, just talking and getting your thoughts out. But uh, accountability is something very practical that you can do. Prayer is something very practical that you can do. And you might be out there and you might say, well, you know, I don't believe in God or any of those things. I mean, you know, that's that's your pray choice. what you mean pray decision. but hear me <laughs> when i tell you you need somebody to be accountable to uh you need to to write you need to uh get these things out you need to be able to see yourself from different points of view um i i won't go into that mm. but these are things you guys that are practical that you can do to set your life uh on a very 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 different path uh, than what it is right now. Maybe not everyone will have uh, divine experiences like I've had over the course of my life. We can go on all night talking about these things. But surely there is someone out there, and, and whether you believe in God or not, there is someone out there who believes in you, who's pulling for you, who loves you, who wants you to do well in this particular life and in the life to come. Um, I want you all to do well. If you're under the sound of my voice, I want you to know that you're so very, very loved and uh, mm -hmm. there is a future community. And thank you. And that's what we have today. Yes,
Pastor Jim Mississippi, Lee indeed, Wilson indeed. from a Mississippi. Dirty, dirty South. <laughs> dirty, dirty. <laughs> dirt, dirt, dirty, dirty. I can't, I can't what, get what, my eyes out as often as that. Dirty South. Dirty. Yeah. So okay, fine. Dirty. Yes, dirty. Dirty. That that sounds dirty, doesn't it? Oh my god, I'm speaking Silly. to a pastor. Okay, never mind. Oh, <laughs> this is very great. Fantastic. So <laughs> Jimmy, if you would just like to share with the community um where they could find you, uh, so that you could, you know, they can find out more about your initiatives, if you know this is something that's right for them. You know, just okay. give us your uh, socials you so we know where to find you. Um, I believe, oh goodness. Uh, what is my tag on Facebook? Yeah, I know, right? Better so get you all your handles Look for me. I'm probably yeah. the only one. Because it's not. It's Jimmy with a Y. Uh, middle name is Lee, L-E-E, Wilson. Jimmy. You see the guy there. You can't miss him. You can't miss me. He's a preacher. <laughs> Uh, he's the founder, chairman, Jimmy Lee Wilson, Junior Ministries, Inc., founder, president of Next Level Youth Empowerment, Inc., pastor at Extraordinary Church. Uh, you can find me easily on Facebook. Uh, you can find my church on Facebook at The Extraordinary Church. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to look at my uh, is Next, Next Level Youth Empowerment, Inc., uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is kind of boring, but hey, I post here and there. Uh, you would want to look for Born to Fight for You. That is the mm-hmm. word born, the number two, the word fight, uh, the number four, and the letter U. I'll say it again. That is the word born, the number two, the word fight, the number four, the letter U. Uh, is my Instagram uh, add me up I'd be more than glad to welcome you into my uh, everyday life or the way I post every couple of weeks life <laughs> but uh, Facebook too you kind of uh, see what I'm doing <laughs> what, we got, what we got going on and you know being active in the community and in ministry and things of that nature um, I do respond to uh, DMs and messages as much as I can I'm not one of those people that that don't reach back out. I do the best that I can. Don't come with no craziness because then you get blocked. But if you got, you know, any valid questions or just, you know, you're going through something, (laughs) you know, I'd be more than glad to pray for you. Uh, It's not a problem at all. Wonderful. In my head as you were talking. (laughs) And that's Pastor Jimmy Wilson, people. Jimmy Lee Wilson. Give them a crowd, man. Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Wilson. Crazy. That's right, people. Man, Wait you were, a minute, like in the backwoods of some church somewhere. <laughs> that country, goodness gracious! I haven't been to a church that country yet. I don't think. My goodness, man, that church is so far back. Pastor the Jimmy, woods, people. Pastor that, Jimmy, that might be scary. <laughs> That's so country. Goodness, and you know, I want to say this too. Like a lot of people think that Mississippi is like woods and cows and trees and the Ku Klux Klan. Like the the area that I live is not Whoa. that. This is I even... a tourist area. It's a huge tourist attraction here in the U.S. The area that I live in. Oh yeah, because people he like the New Orleans. He you like the, the New Orleans you know, area. And then there's you know 
tour tourism what do you call those things where they take you on the bus and on the trolley and stuff yeah you got all that here yeah, so all that is here so ah, yeah if anybody wants to visit south mississippi nice. come through come and visit me at my church i'll be glad to see you <laughs> come on over yeah definitely <laughs> well it has been a great session and guys if you yes. like our podcast please follow tell us your stories we're always interested to know what you've got going on in your own personal practices as creatives as daily human beings who are trying to get through every day oh, without you know <laughs> killing somebody we know how that feels <laughs> yes we but do. every day we get by and every day we try <laughs> So if you'd like to follow me, uh, my name is Renata dixon Nwosu, and you can follow me at Loma Medici on Instagram. And you can follow Musings Behind the Creative on Studio RDNX, also on Instagram. And oh. we will see you next time. <laughs> <Dun, dun, dun. laughs> cool. Well, all yes, right. That was did. good. Well, this was... Like, we, we went all it. the way in. It's almost been what, two hours almost. <laughs> yeah, that's something I didn't expect. Yeah. Hey, here we are. So yeah. many rabbit holes. For like Neo good. and Morpheus, all the rabbit holes we are going down. It's like, I mean, the spiritual matrix. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it was good. We're going to get some real mixed reactions Definitely. from that one, I'm sure. Definitely. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to speak to Naomi um, tomorrow to see when we can put it out. Um, in the meantime, could you send me a headshot that you would like, or not just a head, a, a, a picture that you would like to go with the interview? Um, yes. So if you could send that over and then we'll know how to push that together. Um, and if you just like when you email me with your, your picture just put all your social handles yeah. so we can just like put it gotcha. all out there so people all right, can find well, you let me go and find out what my handles are and, <laughs> and then I'll get those to you as soon as possible <laughs> no worries alright have a great night get some well, rest. I'll get all off right, to bye. bed <laughs> <laughs> you too